Well, happy Thursday. This is episode 234. How insane is that? That just catches me every time. Anyways, you know, I have been sharing that I have been reading through the Bible and it hit me the other day. I don't know if this happens to you. You've been doing something for a while and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like you, you've kind of been like keeping this running list of things that you didn't really realize. Anyways, let me explain. Um, I'm going to share 10 things that I have learned over the last couple of months as I have been reading through the Bible. And, you know, spoiler alert, none of them are probably going to be like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that one before. But I don't know about you. I have been guilty of thinking that, oh, the Bible is, it's, it's this old book. You know, I mean, I know it's God's word. And I don't mean to be disrespectful over it at all, but there can be this tendency to think like it's, it's old. Like it, does it really relate to me? Like, can I relate to it? Can I relate to these people that are, you know, like giving a dowry for their children, for their marriages or, you know, people slaughtering one another and like, does it have relevance over my life? Um, Okay, so. Again, another spoiler alert here. Yes, it absolutely does. And I'm just going to tell you 10 things. Obviously, there are like millions of things that you can learn and discover. But for the sake of time, I'm going to keep it to 10. Ready? Let's go. Hey, Kingdom Builder. Welcome to the Growth Against the Grain podcast. Are you struggling to find balance between what Jesus wants for you and your big business goals? Do you find yourself up late at night, overwhelmed by the goals and growth you long for while also lacking the confidence to get there? Do you wake up with big, ambitious dreams only to feel frustrated that you're not promoting and afraid you'll fail when another team member quits and you miss that promotion again? Hey, I'm Michelle. I too was tired of being in the same place year after year. I too felt frustrated and wished to build the business of my dreams. I wanted to honor the Lord, level up, and see my team succeeding. But I kept telling myself, the products are too expensive, or no one wants to join me, or maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Does that sound familiar? Until I realized that all the growth and success was nothing if God wasn't my first priority. In this podcast, you'll find network marketing business tips, biblical mindset encouragement, and a little mama motivation sprinkled in from time to time, all so that you'll see the growth and success through God's eyes first. Let's partner together, grow against the grain of this world, and find that balance you've been craving. Friend, go grab your Bible, notebook, and that coffee that's been beeping at you from the microwave. Let's get ready to grow against the grain. Okay, I'm just going to start out by saying it is a super windy day here, so there is a very good chance, although I have kicked the dogs out of the room, there's a very good chance that you will hear dogs barking in the background because our dogs see like a leaf fly across and they think they need to go out and save the world. Anyways, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Today, as I said in the intro, we are going to talk about 10 things I've learned or discovered since reading through the Bible. And really, I don't even know if I could say that I have learned or discovered them. I think I have relearned and rediscovered these things because I've spent time in God's word. So let's just pop right into it. Hop right into it. Hop right into it. Number one. The more I read, the more I long to open the Bible and read it each morning. I can remember 
when I was a kid and I would hear people say that my grandmothers or, you know, a Sunday school teachers or whatever. And I just be like, well, yeah, I mean, you're old. Like, what else do you have to do? First of all, they probably weren't that old. And secondly, I was in the wrong. I didn't understand the power of God's word. So the more that I read it, like I hunger and thirst for God's word. Like it, I just cannot wait. I get so excited. When I shared about Ruth the other day, I think you'll remember I said something like I could see it was coming up. Like that was on the list. What was the next thing? And I was so excited to read about Ruth. Oh my goodness. And as I shared in Mindset Monday um, this week about the story about Saul, well, as I see this, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to see David chosen by God as the next king. Like remembering these things and being able to read them again for myself, which brings me to number two. I'm learning about many of the stories I've heard since I was a child, but in a new way. You know, the stories that we share from the Bible or really anywhere, the way that we share them to children is different from the way that we know them as adults. It's not that it's a completely different story. It's modified in a way so that it makes sense for children, right? So when I, you know, for example, like Daniel in the lion's den or even like, um, you know, David and Bathsheba. Like, that's a racy story. The way that that was told to me as a child is very different than the way that it is written in God's word. And so being able to read some of these things and not even the racy ones, but just to see what is in God's word. And like when I read the the story of Samson and it just comes alive again, reading through Ruth, it comes alive again in a way that... Um, you know, I get to understand it now as an almost 50-year-old woman versus a five-year-old child. Okay, number three, and I've said this in, in a few different ways, but the Bible is coming alive to me. These are not just characters from a story. These are real people who lived thousands of years ago, and yet they are real and I get to see them come to life in a different way, in a new way. Number four, I see my sinfulness and my will to be right, my selfishness, all of that so much clearer, so much clearer. Like from Mindset Monday this week, rationalizing and justifying our choices because it seems good. Like the God, the God that I serve, the God, the Lord, my God, the Lord, your God is a black and white. Like this is right and this is wrong. And I'm seeing that so much clearer because the more time I spend in God's word, the more I'm renewing my mind, which means that the more I'm seeing things that don't match up. Not to be legalistic at all. I will never be perfect, but there are choices that I make on a daily basis that fall short of what God has called me to do. And the more time I spend in God's word, the more I see that and the more I'm thankful for grace. And number five, which I'll get to grace in a second. I thought this was the next one, but number five is I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. 
okay, can I just be real here and promise you're not going to make a judgment about me and, you know, just be like, oh my goodness gracious. So I have been fortunate to hear about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, my entire life. But I will admit that I have not given the Holy Spirit the credit that he is due. He was like this third party, the third child. You know, I got one of those. Um, you just kind of like, oh, yeah. And then there's the Holy Spirit. And the more that I read through the Bible, I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. He lives inside of me. And as I've been going through the Old Testament, anytime I see the Spirit of God, I have been highlighting that because that was unusual. It was a rarity for the Spirit of God to come at that time. Well, as I've been reading through Acts and you see the Holy Spirit being dispensed among the new believers and what a privilege. Oh my goodness. I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit that he lives inside of me. Number six, (laughs) I am far more, far more like the Israelites than I want to believe. As we go through, what was it like judges? And it's like the, the the Israelites, you know, did what was good in their own sight. And then they're like, oh, Lord, please save me. The Israelites did what was good in their own sight. Oh, Lord, please save me. Like, I want to look at them and be like, oh, my goodness gracious. I cannot believe that you have such little faith. And then as soon as those words are out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's me. That's me. A few months ago in December, before the fire, in this, I think it was like actually the end of November, my husband got a call from um, someone and he, we found out that a source of income was not going to be happening anymore. And we were like, okay. And I will be honest. My first reaction was not like, oh Lord, I cannot wait to see what you do with this. My first reaction was like, oh my goodness, Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to do that? You know that that income helps with the, you know, with our house payment and da, da, da. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. It has not even been a year since you showed up big time so that we could purchase this house and you brought all of these things through. Why do I think today that you're going to be like, oh, no, sorry, <laughs> not going to help you this time. So that's where I realized, oh, yeah, I am basically an Israelite that's like, oh my goodness, Lord, you first, you forsake me. Like what in the world is happening? And that makes me sad because I wish I were not like that. Number seven, God takes sin very seriously, very seriously. He is a holy God. And as I said before, things are black and white black and white with him. And I I kind of like shades of gray. I'm like, well, I mean, it's not so bad, right? It's okay. No. God is holy and he takes sin very seriously. And on that note, number eight, I am very grace, grateful that we live under grace. When you read in the Old Testament and you see the law and they lived under the law and they had to sacrifice 
to atone for their sins. And there was a lot of rules. And especially even in the first, you know, in the Gospels, we before Jesus died and was resurrected and showed as the blood atonement for us, we see all of these laws, something like 600 and some odd laws, like even down to like, you can't spit on the Sabbath. And like, that made no sense. Like the absolute definition of legalism, like there's no rhyme or reason for some of these things, but we live under grace, 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 God's grace. Hallelujah. And amen. Number nine, God isn't here to rationalize or explain things to us. He says what he means and he means what he says. Again, I'm going to go back to Mindset Monday uh, where we talked about for Samuel 15. Like God was like, hey, Saul, you're going to do this. Devote the Amalekites to destruction. Kill them all. Every living, breathing thing, kill them all. And... God is not like, we're going to do some gentle parenting here. So I'm going to give you an idea and we're going to like have a dialogue about it. And then we'll like come to a compromise. God's like, no, 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 no. This is what I have for you. Do this or you're being disobedient. And there are consequences from disobedient disobedience. I love that he says what he means and he means what he says. I mean... I'll say that like, I love it, sort of, because gosh, that hurts, right? When we disobey. Okay, number 10, and we're going to camp out on this for just a little bit. And this has hit me over and over and over again recently. And it kind of started with something that my youngest daughter said. I do, I do not remember what we were talking about, but basically what she said was that, you know, the Bible's kind of like this... I want to be careful how I say this, but like the Bible, things that happened in the Bible times were not as bad as what's happening today. And I was like, whoa, hold up. And this idea has come to me multiple times. The Bible is not G-rated. If the Bible were a TV series that came on on a you know weekly basis, I'm very certain I would not allow my children to watch it because we got everything in here. And as I explained to my daughter, everything that is happening today has already happened before in the Old Testament. I mean, we get to like page one and I mean, it might be page two-ish. I think it's by chapter two or chapter three. We see Eve being deceptive and the absolute biggest, biggest thing to ever happen to the human race happens within moments of opening the book. If this were a book that you found at Barnes and Nobles, you would be riveted from day one. By the way, you can actually find this book at Barnes and Nobles. It's the number one selling book for ever. Like number one, years, 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 years on end. It's always the number one book and by a lot. I didn't do any research to see what it is, but go Google it. You can see. Um, I was thinking about like Greek mythology 
And it always sounds like so interesting, like, okay, well, that's interesting. You know, how did they come up with this? Oh, they must have just been such creative people to come up with, you know, humans hanging out, having relationships with with spirit beings, with angels, with deity. No, the Greeks were not the first ones to come up with that. The reason that they came up with that is because it actually happened. Actually happened. I think in Kings, you can read about Nephilim. Um, no, it might be even before that. I can't, I go look it up. I had it, um, down and now I can't remember where that was. Oh, hold on just one second. I will tell you, um, Genesis Kings, what I'm talking about. Genesis six, we talk, uh, we hear about humans, you know, intermixing with spirit beings. Wild, right? I mean, if you love a good, like, um, true crime, Hello, I maybe you don't know this about me, but I like true crime. I mean, we don't get very far into the very f- first book of the Bible, Genesis, to find the first true crime that has occurred. I mean, Cain killed his brother. I'm sorry, Abel kills his brother Cain out of jealousy. I mean, that is a Dateline special right there. Uh, you know, you like controversy. We've got, like I said, the greatest human upset of all time is Eve you know, giving in and being deceived and then lying, lying. And Adam, like just going right along with it and not being the man that God called him to be. And if you like good versus evil, like it is there everywhere. Noah defying the gods, or I'm sorry, Noah defying the odds, uh, David and Goliath, Daniel and the lions and Joseph and his brothers. I mean, hello. You want a good versus evil story like that's amazing. Obviously, that one's no, it's not G-rated. That one's like wicked. Like the 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 audacity of the brothers and the bloodshed. I just read in, I think it was um uh I think it was in Judges where and I will get a lot, some of the details wrong. Anyways, wickedness, massive wickedness to the point that a woman was brutally raped, brutally raped. And he takes and she's, and then she's killed. He takes and cuts up her body in 12 pieces and sends it to the 12 tribes as a like, Hey, this just happened. And the blood is on your heads. This is what's going to happen to you. I mean, have you ever watched the Godfather? And were you grossed out by the horse head that ended up in the bed? Like that pales in comparison to what is in the Bible. And why do I say all of that? Because there can be a tendency to think that God's word, this book right here that I hold in my hands is old and the stories are antiquated. No, it is riveting, absolutely riveting. And whatever book that you are engrossed in now, whether it be some self-help, I hate that title and we'll talk about that another time, but whether it's, you know, found in the self-help group or maybe you like, you know, a romance novel or you like Christian fiction or you like, you know, mystery or, you know, you like science, you like um, uh, wisdom and, you know, good, solid advice. Like there's everything between these pages from Genesis to Revelation. And I think about like movies that we like. And I I just read this book, Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. I've kind of been on a book, you know, binge. And um, her story is 
um, you know, a personification, I think that's the right term, of the story of Hosea and Gomer. Gomer was a prostitute. I mean, there is a reason why we say prostitution is the oldest profession, because we find it very quickly in the Bible. And yet how Homer, God told, I'm sorry, God told Hosea to marry Gomer and how he went after and redeemed her over and over and over again. And I was thinking of the movie um, Pretty Woman. And we look at that and it's glorified as like this Cinderella story and everything. But where do you think the concept of that, that story came from? It came straight from God's word. This idea of redeeming a, a an unredeemable lifestyle, what we would say is unredeemable. And I, I, again, I say this, and I know I'm not being as eloquent as I could be, but God's word will transform your life. And whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're walking through, I have a friend who because of choices that she made in her past. She had an abortion when she was younger and she has seen how the Lord can redeem her from that. And now the ministry that she is able to have through that, like because God redeems and we see his redemption from anything and everything. I mean, he's on the cross and the the robber next to him says, I want what you have. And he says, you will be with me in, in paradise. You will be with me in paradise. Like that's redemption immediate. That's grace immediate, right? So if you've ever looked at God's word and been like, okay, you know, I'm going to pick it up. I'm doing a Bible study. So I'm, I'm just going to read through this one thing. And, you know, the rest of it, I mean, Leviticus, oh my gosh, it's so boring and numbers and oh my goodness. And can I just tell you, I found numbers fascinating. I mean, it's numbers. It's a lot of numbers, but there's a reason for it. Have you ever thought of Exodus? I was thinking of that today as um, I was reading through 1 Samuel 15. So I just recorded the Mindset Monday for this week and and how it's a reminder of when the Israelites were, you know, going through the Exodus, leaving Egypt. And it says something like, you know, 300,000 people. And I often think of the Exodus in terms of the movie Ten Commandments. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people, but it's amazing when we think of numbers and it's quantified in something that we can like see and understand. Like I I can't really wrap my head around 300,000 people, but that's a lot of people. It wasn't like 20 people or a couple hundred, like it's hundreds of thousands of people. Anyways, I share all of this because... There's so many other things that I have learned and discovered while reading through the Bible. But the only reason I've learned and discovered or relearned and rediscovered these things is because I've read through the Bible. And I've shared many times, go Google five-day reading plan, five-day Bible reading plan, whatever it is. I have uh, links in it in the Facebook group um, because you can read it in, in such bite-sized chunks and it will absolutely come alive to you because as I was starting to say, I don't care what book is on your nightstand. It is not living, breathing. It is not God breathed as the Bible is. I don't, it, it could be from an amazing godly person. Like it could be a, a, a commentary, a, well, not that you sit there and read through a commentary, but you know what I mean? Um, something godly mindset from a godly man or woman, but God's word 
God's word, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is God's inspired word breathed and put to pen, pen to paper through the voice of God. And it will absolutely transform your life. If you have not read through God's word, consider this your sign in the sky that you need to absolutely be reading through God's word. If you say that you are a child of God and you have not read through these pages, you need to. You absolutely need to. It will come alive to you in ways that you never could have imagined. And let me just tell you, it is more exciting than any other book you will ever read. I I just hunger and thirst for it. I cannot wait to open it each day to find out what new adventure I'm going to go on and what new ways I get to see God's hand. What I pray before, and I'm going to pray it over you as well as we close out. But what I pray is that the Lord would show me his goodness, his mercy, his his integrity, his righteousness, his holiness in a way that I have never seen before so that I might know him more deeply. Father, I just go before you right now and I go before each woman who is listening right now, Lord. I pray that you would impress upon her heart a desire to know you in a way that she has never known you before. If she has never read through your word, I pray that she would feel this heaviness in her heart that this is what she needs to do, that you are calling her to open up your word and read these words. They are so life transforming. Father, if she has read through it, then she knows how amazing this is. Um, Encourage her to do it again. And Lord, I pray that as we read through your word, that we would know you in a way that we have not known you before, that we would understand your righteousness, your holiness, your mercy, your character, your integrity in a way that we have never seen before. We would see that, that this book, this book is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will pierce between bone and marrow, Lord. And it is, it is more riveting than any movie we could go out and watch today, Lord. Everything that we see today happened first in your word. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you are trustworthy. Thank you for grace. Thank you. I pray that you would open each of our eyes to your word in a way that we have not seen before. And in your son's name, amen. Hey, before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's episode, would you pop over to iTunes to Growth Against the Grain and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of other mamas just like you, learning to align their audacious goals with what God has for them, then join us at bit.ly slash Christian Mindset Support or click on the link below. There's always room for one more. Can't wait to see you over there.